With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The resiliency of the team, the, the, the not, we're not quitting, um, the fact that we are now mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, not going to change anything. Um, you know, we're going to come, we're going to work, we're going to try to win four in a row, then five in a row, then six in a row. The culture is set, you know, because the other guys aren't accepting it anymore. They don't accept losing anymore, and that's kind of what this guy stood up in the locker room at halftime. I didn't have to say much. We ain't accepting it anymore. All right, and that's, you know, it's getting across. Don't that feel good? Yeah, yeah. I said, don't that feel good? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Family on three, one, two, three. Yeah. You go with, with the highs, he goes with the lows, and you know, I didn't, there was a stretch when it's like, and he not, he's afraid to throw it now. Slap him in the face, throw the damn thing. Don't hold it. Welcome to the Real Bucks Talk Podcast. This is this podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Be sure to follow us at Real Bucks Talk on all social media platforms. I'm your host, Michael Plus, and join as always my co-host Mark Ramirez. And the Buccaneers have done it. They have won three in a row. I think that's the first time since 2016. And they are rolling right now. They're finding ways to win. Uh, whether it be, you know, blowouts or come from behind victories, they're they're finding a way to make it happen. And uh, it was very nice to see. Um, Mark, your, your thoughts. Hell yeah. It's 3-0. Or, I mean, three wins in a row. It's not 3-0. It's just mm-hmm. us as Buccaneer fans. That's what you, you want to see progression. You, want, you just want to win. You're tired of losing. I know there's the crowd that, oh, we just won a mean, meaningless game. Mm-hmm. To these guys, they're putting their bodies on the line. It's not meaningless. And if you are making it meaningless, you shouldn't be on this team. And that's that's the crap we need to get off this team, and I'm happy that they're doing that. And I'm from the intro, JPP was the one saying, "Doesn't that shit feel good?" Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's been through okay a playoff push from getting in the last seed and winning a Super Bowl. It's it, yeah, we're mathematically eliminated, but it doesn't matter. This is the crap to go move forward into the future. This is building that winning culture, like he said. They're looking for four, looking for five, then for six. I'm I'm right there with them, especially now, since we'll get into this later. It's it looks like it's going to be Jameis's one more year at least team, and 
where he goes moving forward. But the defense, did they stood up when they needed to stand up. The offense, although three interceptions and one fumble, mm. still did their job and came up when they needed to come up as well and getting that game-winning touchdown, right? right? So there's a whole lot of positives. Yes, there's always negatives in every game. A lot of people like to point fingers. I like to point fingers. It's just like I put up this morning, looking really into what happened. What plays were run. The play design of some of these plays have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Byron Lefwich, from the first half of the year to this to what he's doing now, they're just calling it right. Yeah. Maybe that is the receivers actually running the right routes. Maybe that is that. Maybe like how Bruce Arians likes to say, it's running backs actually blocking the right guy. But they have improved greatly all all over the field, especially on defense. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about that later. But for me, hell of an exciting game. Like I put in the intro, a roller coaster of a ride. The true version of Jameis. He gives you the shit show. He gives you the damn near no one else at quarterback position in all 32 teams can do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why the hell can't you do that every down? Right. <laughs> it pisses you off as a Buck fan. But you're like, it's right there. Why? Just eliminate the bad. I know it's easy to say. But the dude, just he has it. It's just, I want it consistently. Mm-hmm. And it's, it truly is not going to be a bash Jameis show for me. The dude balled out. He did what he had to do to get you the win. He had three interceptions, which we will talk about. But to me, he won us the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, me looking at it, now I, I wasn't able to watch this live. I was, um, you know, listening to the radio, which is uh, – really fun. I mean, Gene Deckroff does a great job of calling the game and then Dave Moore like really keeps it real. So that was like a unique perspective of listening or, or just hearing the game overall. I watched the game, um, today, uh, the, on uh, game pass and, and saw a lot of good things. I mean, like Mark said, there's a lot of positives. Yes. There was the negatives where, you know, we kind of put ourselves in a hole. Uh, I think we were down, what was it? 10, 10, nothing, you know, to start, and then, you know, we started making, you know, making plays and, you know, got up 14-10. Uh, it just shows you how good this offense can be if they just don't, you know, beat themselves. And defensively, it was kind of like the same thing. They had a couple mishaps where um, Jacoby Brissett just made a couple of really great plays as far as passing down the field, making guys miss when he was under pressure. Uh, so you got to credit the the Colts as well. They did a lot of good things, too. Um, but defensively, I thought in the second half they really bared down, especially when the Colts got 35 points. I mean, that was a quarter and a half. They shut them out. Uh, you know, you got the lucky break with the missed field goal, um, but they made plays down the stretch to win it. Devin White again making a, a forced fumble. Uh, big time, big, big time play there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the offense, again, Jameis, he did what he had to do to win the game, made a great pass to Brashad Perriman for the game winner. Um, run game, you would like to see a little bit more better, but again, they did things more better. Yeah, more better. <laughs> but they did things uh, that were good, and they did enough to win the game. You know, and Bruce talked about they didn't really have the best practice uh, this week, um, and it kind of showed early on in the game. But you know, finding ways to win, and that's what it's about. And they have a really good opportunity to to win the rest of their games going forward and, and finish strong here. 
And that's what we want um, as Bucks fans to start building a winning resume, a winning formula, expecting to win. That's that's the biggest thing we want to see. Yeah, the culture change. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, looking at the defense, what they did, Percet, if a team scores 35 points, you're like, oh, they had a big offensive like juggernaut of a game, right? Right, right. Percet was 52% passing. That was it. He completed mm-hmm. 19 of 36. 251 yards, two touchdowns. Right. And then rushing, Marlon Mack had 38 yards on 13 carries, 2.9 mm-hmm. average, one touchdown. Brissett had 26 for four. We pretty much shut them down a lot, besides yeah. the a couple big plays by this Johnson guy, mm-hmm. which was either – and then, then also the big penalty from Jamel Dean, which he just kind of tackled him. Right, right. Out of place. Okay, rookie, he's going to learn from it. Mm-hmm. But really, the defense played well. Yeah. Besides the, those two really big plays mm. and then the one third down Pascal had right. that set him up for the touchdown, they really didn't give up much. Right. Well, you got to remember, like in that first quarter, you know, you have those two early turnovers. The Colts are already pretty much on midfield, so they're already halfway there to score. So, you know, you gift, you gift them 17 points right there with the turnovers. You know, you have the pick six and then they had the 10 points right. early. So, you I mean, you look at it that way, they held them under 20 points. If you, if you don't have the turnovers, it, it pretty much should have been a blowout win for the Buccaneers once again. Yeah, because uh, yeah, take away the 17 points off of turnovers. Right, exactly. Right? And that's the big, that's the big issue mm-hmm. that we're going to get into. But overall, defense played very well. You, again, saw these people growing, the people, the, the young rookies, the second-year players all growing. Right. Right? And then – they had to make up for, again, three interceptions from Jameis, and not to mention a fumble from Dare. Right. Blah, 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 blah. I can't say his last name. Ogunbalale. There you go. Yep. And, again, someone made a good point. He doesn't get benched. He's still in the game. He fumbled. Right. <laughs> but he's still – oh, I guess Rojo, since he misses one block, deserves to get benched. That's bullshit to me as well. Mm-hmm. Rojo's clearly the best back of the three. Mm-hmm. And – he shows it. Like Peyton Barber tried to jump over a guy and look like an idiot. Rojo did jump over a guy and gained like three more yards yeah, after. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, athletically someone's better. Mm-hmm. And then just when he catches a ball, he can make something happen. That that right there, I don't understand what the hell is going on. Right, but right. keep going on with what you want to talk about, and we'll get into the questions soon. Yeah, I mean, I'll just wrap it up. I mean, overall, again, it's another win for this team. I think it's it's very important they keep this winning streak going. Uh, again, they're going to have a great opportunity this week against Detroit, um, you know, who has lost six straight. But the, the <laughs> game, you know, the game yesterday, again, it, it just showed you the potential of this team, and it shows you where this team needs to fix and, you know, how can they improve it. Again, it's about if this offense can just – be smooth in operation as far as not beating themselves and not having those killer turnovers, they will be a, a very formidable team. Defensively, it's coming on strong. Again, they were getting pressure after Jacoby Brissett, but Brissett was making a lot of moves in the pocket, making guys miss, and he did a really good job of getting the football off um, you know, under duress. So there's a lot of good things surrounding this team. It's just can they go – into the offseason with a with a strong finish, and then are you able to bring back the pieces that you have in place right now and kind of keep that core together, especially on the defensive side of the ball? And then offensively, it's just about figuring out the quarterback situation and, and be strong there. Yeah, 
a lot of it's keeping what you have already right mm-hmm. now because obviously it's working. You got three games in a row. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do in the NFL no matter what. Right. It doesn't matter if you're a damn good team or if you're a piece of crap team. Winning is hard to do. Everyone in the NFL gets paid to beat the crap out of the other team. It's just hard to put it together. That's why when tanking happens, it happens easy, <laughs> usually. But moving on before we go into the questions, the roller coaster ride, this is going to be the theme of the, the podcast of the Jameis show, was on full display in this game. And you saw everything he can do. You saw the things that he messes up in. Right. Pick six, you saw. It's almost like how many damn times can that happen mm-hmm. in one year? You saw throws where no one else could have made that maybe 1% of any quarterback in the, in the world could do. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I just want that. Right. But it, it's hard It's hard to get that. But that brings us into this first question from our Facebook group. Again, I'm always going to harp that. Guys, there's so many people on Twitter. Everyone has voices and everything. Join our Real Bucks Talk Facebook page. It's a private group. If you just ask to be in it, we're going to let you in. If you're a butthole, we're going to kick you out. Yes. But it's a bunch of people bringing together opinions that yeah, everyone has different opinions, but we're still going to listen to you and come and form a good idea of everyone's together. Right. Whether someone's totally an outlier making up no damn sense, mm-hmm. trying to bring them down to earth, or we'll just be like, okay, hey, guys, well, next question. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're very, everyone supports each other and we kind of find conclusions together. But this is coming from Josh Freeman. In the Facebook group, he says, is it okay to have a gunslinger at the helm? First question, but that goes into this. Would you rather have a gunslinger or a game manager with two minutes left down by seven? Go into that first before I go into his others. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously talking about Jameis. Jameis is the ultimate gunslinger. I mean, he's going to, I mean, he has no fear and you know, he plays with that. He plays with that kind of style. Um, yes, he'll make mistakes, but then he'll come back. And, I mean, we saw it yesterday. He comes back and, and, and puts, you know, the ball on the money and scores touchdowns. And, you know, he's just letting it rip. With a broken thumb. Yeah, with a bro- broken thumb. I mean, it's that snap and clear mentality. You know, at, at times it, it can be a big hindrance and it can cost you games as we've seen this season. But at the same time, he, he finds ways to, to put you in a position to, to win the game. And, uh you know, as far as game manager, I think it's just about balancing that act. I mean, at times you want a guy to be aggressive, but at certain times it's just about knowing situational football and understanding where you are in the game. And, you know, it comes back to decision-making. So I don't really get into, you know, you could say game manager, gunslinger. I think all the good quarterbacks are a little bit of both. Um, it's just about understanding you know, when to pull that trigger and when to go for that extra mile. Decision-making. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. But with Jameis, I mean, it is such a roller coaster and such a hot and cold with him. I've, I'm pretty much making a conclusion just to make it a game-by-game basis. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, look at his total work of 16 games. Exactly. Because – the dude can literally look like a moron at times. 
and then look like a guy that should be, no lie, like a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Some of the throws he can make, the the, uh, the escapability, there's the pocket presence, the balance, like some of the things he does is insane. Yeah, like the pass to Brashad Perriman, the one-handed one. I mean, yeah. that's that's crazy stuff right there. It's on the run and mm-hmm. then just taking it to the last minute, right? Yeah. And like the, the never quit in him, I put that on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He he just doesn't give a shit. He's just gonna keep going until he can't do it no more. Right. And that's the stuff you want in your quarterback or in any player. And it's at your quarterback position. You can't discount his heart. But the thing is, it's the decision making, and that that's what makes a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just not there. And we went over the the three interceptions, and we'll go more in depth into it later, but. Mm-hmm. Some of them, yes, I guess could be corrected. Some of it, to me, genuinely, I'm like, okay, if it's just a, a half of a foot higher or six inches higher, put it that way, mm-hmm. it's a completion. Or just don't go to your first read or just, we'll get into more to it later, but mm-hmm. Jameis is an ultimate roller coaster. I would rather have him two minutes down. But then again, look what he did first game of the season against the 49ers, right? <laughs> but, I mean, down seven, yes. I'd rather have Winston. If it's down three, I'll have a game manager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I'll, I'll take a Gardner Minshew on that one. <laughs> uh, but, let's see. If we keep Jameis, also from Josh Freeman, he said, if we keep Jameis, what is our top priority in the draft? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think that's simple. I mean, they're gonna they they need to address the lines on both sides. I think you need to address offensive line and defensive line, uh, specifically right tackle. I think definitely needs to be upgraded. And then you got to get some you got to get some defensive linemen. Uh, you got to get defense tackle, some some edge rushers as well, um, because not all those guys are going to be back. Yep. So, yeah, definitely definitely the lines. I mean, that's where they need to attack this off season. Yeah. Uh, again, he's he's right. Like right tackle, obviously will probably be retired, mm-hmm. and if anything, just address the left tackle and move Donovan Smith over or wh- whichever is best available, mm. and roll forward. And then defensive line, like he said, again, you need that based on look at all the guys that could be leaving you. You have Nassib free agent, Shaq Barrett, mm. who you hope you sign back, um, JPP and Dominican Sue. Yeah. Four starters. Yeah, Bo Allen's free. Bo agent. Allen, like that. Yeah, Nunez Roches. That's a lot of yeah. talent. You you could be losing. Mm-hmm. Yes, they say family on three, but still, yeah. when money's there, talk is cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you just have to keep building lines, and that's something we haven't been doing. It's been building around Jameis, as in receivers, tight ends, weapons. Mm-hmm. That's what you've always been heard right. hearing. Yeah. Get weapons around him, and he'll be better. Building the secondary. Yeah. yeah. And we already have a secondary, guys. Calm down. We drafted two years in a row of secondary. Right. Let them grow. They've obviously been improving every mm-hmm. every game now, game by game. Sean Murphy bunting. You didn't hear his name called much, right. but the dude played well. well you got, okay, you got two corners that are you know top in pass defenses in the league. I mean, Jamel Dean's I think tied for fifth, and then Carlton Davis is right up there at the number one spot. So. You, you got playmakers back there. It's just, again, little communication things yeah. that they have to figure out. Again, that comes with just experience and mm-hmm. in playing in zone defense. Um, it's going to take a little time, but they're getting better and better. They've shown the the ability that they can do it. I mean, we saw it against Atlanta where they played perfect. 
Um, they did it against Jacksonville as well, and you know had a little slip ups here and there against Indianapolis. But yeah, that secondary should be fine, especially when it's all healthy and you add in an MJ Stewart where he's playing in his position that he can succeed at, and then you have the other guys that you can put in there. Um, it's it's really good. Yeah, and Edwards hasn't played a full season either. I mean, right. Devin White's been playing out of his mind. Yes. But Edwards is playing in a lot more space than what Devin White's playing in. Mm-hmm. So this dude is coming off the same, what, hamstring? Right. As a lot of these other guys have gotten. And he needs to be able to have that gear. And he's he's an aggressive player. With He was also heady in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Let him start learning the NFL speeds and where he has to be at a certain time. Because he was bowling out in practice. Yeah. Bowling out in preseason. Let him, let him learn and adjust because a Jordan Whitehead Edwards backfield, not to mention if Justin Evans comes back next yeah, year with both a, of his feet injuries. Yeah, it's a big wild card. Foot, foot injuries, but yeah. I mean, that, that's a loaded secondary. So mm-hmm. don't, I, I wouldn't honestly worry. There's way too much invested, and there's a lot of potential back there. Yep. Um, Josh Freeman also said, what is, a reasonable, what is a reasonable price for Jameis? Well, I think, I mean, you – I think there's a couple options. I mean, obviously, they're going to look at the franchise tag for him. I think that would be, you know, probably op- one of the top options. Um, but I would say anywhere from what he's getting now, which is $20 million to, to, to 25 in, in that range. Um, it just depends on what they're going to do, as if they want to do a long-term deal or if they want to do a, a bridge deal where it's two to three years. And um, maybe you bring in another quarterback to, to add to competition. So, uh, I would say anywhere from twenty to to twenty five million be reasonable price as far as what I would be willing to pay. I'm going to say twenty five because that's the franchise tag, right? Yeah, twenty five, twenty six in that range. So I'm so, I'm going to yeah. say that because I honestly think that's what's going to happen. Probably, I think because that's likely. yes, we you told me this earlier. Mm-hmm. We can all hoot and holler about what we want to happen, but it's doesn't affect what the hell's going to happen. Right. It's okay, it's we, BA's choice at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. And to be honest, the dude's slowly getting better every game. Mm-hmm. Yes, he had another shit show of three interceptions, but he also had five total inter- touchdowns right. that he contributed as well. Mm-hmm. So if you look at just him, his positive negative, five, three, he's positive, plus two, and he won the game for us. Yeah, He drove you down the field. And then when he would mess up, he would also come back the next damn drive and just score a touchdown. So there's things you got to credit. Yeah, like I hate it too, guys, mm-hmm. when he throws an interception. There's such a mentality of guys where hate him or they love him. And it's funny when one guy tries to be the middleman and prove you, okay, he's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Or listen, guys, he's got to fix this or we're in a shit show. Someone tries to do that and both crowds jump on your ass. We're just trying to be the middleman mm-hmm. because you can see both sides. And even B.A. said in the press conference, he has never had a quarterback like this that you can tell can do it all. But mm-hmm. then you can also tell can be an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's and uh, it is frustrating as a Buck fan. But guess what? We've won three in a row. He made the mm-hmm. decisions to get you the win right. in this game. The idiot was in London. Yeah. The idiot's not here right now. Yeah. And I, we'll go over the interceptions later, but good question. And then also, he said, what would winning out do for morale and draft position? Oh, I, I, think it would do, I think it would do really good things for the team. I think it's just, 
you know, most of the, the guys that are on the roster, they have experienced some winning. I mean, some of the guys were on that team in, in 2016 where they went 9-7. and seven. But, again, you kind of felt that was kind of like a little fluky. Uh, this seems like it's just more genuine. It's more real. Um, you can see the progress being made. And it looks like something that can be sustained going forward, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I, I think it would do wonders for the team overall and just building that winning culture. I could care less about draft position. I think, obviously, you would like to have a high draft pick. Don't get me wrong. But wherever you end up in the draft, it, you can you can get good players. I mean, if you scout it right, you should get a, a very talented dude. Um, and that goes back to management and, and the coaching staff. Yeah, always uh, we agree a little bit too much, but <laughs> I agree. Um, this is also in the Facebook group, guys. Remember, I'm plugging it again. Facebook group, join us. Robux talk at Facebook. <laughs> uh, this is Big Slim. He's also very adamant and he's very recurring commenter on Facebook. He says, who deserves more credit for the win against the Colts? Jameis being able to dig us out of the hole he put us in, having to play from behind from the first pass of the game, or our defense truly giving up 18 points and making a stop at the end, or simply to the Colts, weren't good enough to beat us from the jump, even with help of the turnovers. Let's peel back the layers. <laughs> That's a great question, Slim. Uh, I think I think it's a combination of both. I mean, the Colts have been have been reeling here. They've been struggling late. Um, they haven't really been scoring at all in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, and they kind of gave us. We got a nice break there with the missed field goal um, in the fourth quarter, so that helped us out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, Jameis doing what he does and finding ways to put up points and getting that, that clutch touchdown at the end there to Prashad Perriman. And then the defense doing what they did um, midway, third quarter, to and then throughout the rest of the game to finish it out, pretty much shutting out uh, Indianapolis. I mean, so they get a lot of credit too. But So I would say a little bit of everything in, in your question there. I would say it, it all plays in a factor because it is a team game, and you got to play com- complimentary football. I hate you. <laughs> Pretty much answer it for me. So, yeah, I mean, it's the ultimate team game. That's what my opening statement was going to be. And Jameis, yes, he made some interceptions early. Right. The whole first half was an interception – to cause a touchdown, and then an interception that was a pick for six. Right. So he gave up 14 in the first half. Yeah, that's pretty bad. We mm-hmm. had a 14 10 lead after the first. Right. And then he that's gives what's, up. That's what's crazy. I mean, yeah. you spot him a 10 nothing lead midway through the first, and then at the end of the first, you're up 14 10. Like, that's just ridiculous the, the way they can score so quickly. Uh, and then, you know, obviously the pick six um, puts you down 10 again. But then he comes right back down, scores a touchdown. Yeah. You're only down three. Immediately uh, after the pick six. Right, yeah. And it's like, what the hell? Yeah, and then unfortunately the defense gives up the long play that you don't want to see. You have the but it was the only p- field goal again. Right. They got a key stop, you know, to hold them yeah. to a field goal. That's another. At the goal line. Yeah. So that was a big play right there too. I mean, if they if, if Indianapolis – does the right thing and goes for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal, you know, maybe it's a different outcome because the Colts really didn't play that the right way. Um, 
from an analytical standpoint, and I always talk to you about this, you should always go for it on fourth down, especially inside the five. There's no reason to kick a field goal there. And if you think about it, the first quarter, the Colts scored 10 points off of turnovers. Right. The the interception by Winston, first pass of the game, and then Dari's dumbass fumble on third and long where he should have just gotten down, punt it, make them earn it. Yeah. They couldn't. It should have been 0 to 14. Mm-hmm. First half, first quarter, Bucks. But it's not only Winston's fault, Dari being an idiot, yeah. fumbling. I don't know why he doesn't get a bad heart rap, but because Rojo misses one block, oh, yeah. it's his fault. He's an idiot. <laughs> Maybe I'm tender to, to Rojo. But, I mean, okay, yes, I agree. Winston does make some dumb decisions. But the Mike Evans perfect pass, the Bernard Perryman perfect pass, the mm-hmm. pump fake to Justin Watson actually finally seeing that middle linebacker in the middle mm-hmm. and then throwing it over him to right. Justin Watson. Those are three beautiful plays he did. Were incredible plays. Yeah. And actually learning from his mistakes almost. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and, it, and that's where it's a roller coaster. Like, I can genuinely despise that he's making some of these plays. And then the next time being like, dear God, mm-hmm. how did he do that? Yeah, and that's why he was the number one pick in the draft. And, you know, he shows his talent. It's just it's just about finding ways to eliminate that bat. And, and maybe if, if they do build a, a running game around him and where it's consistent and effective, uh, because right now it's just not very good, if you do give him a running game, and maybe that does help him out where the play action comes into play and you get more easier throwing lanes and et cetera, um, that's something in the offseason or going forward they have to figure out. Uh, they got to get some running backs and, and, and figure out how to run the ball more effectively. Running backs and O-line. Yeah. O-line working as a group. I think you have one potential really good one in Rojo. I think you need to add something else to it. Um, I don't. I don't expect Peyton Barber to be back, but you know you got to add to that group and get it more dynamic. Yeah, and I, I guess for BA standards, you got to get better blockers mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> yeah. But to what you're saying, or to the sim- or simply the Colts not being good enough to beat us, the Colts do have good game plans against other defenses. Our defense really did do well. Besides, like we mentioned earlier, a couple deep plays or the Jamel Dean pass interference, mm. they couldn't move the ball. Right. They just couldn't. Yep. And it's a credit to uh, this is something I'll also add. People were wondering with Vita Bea and the Quentin Nelson matchup. Yeah. Vita Bea had a lot of push, or very much a lot of push. He would push Nelson back a lot. Did he win many reps? A lot of people will say, oh, him just pushing him back is winning a rep. Winning a rep is clearly throwing a guy to the side and having a clear path to the quarterback, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yes, pushing a guy back is what you're supposed to do to me. A winning rep is you literally beat the damn guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think he did well. Bo Allen had the one true win against him. But Vita Vela still had a big influence. He... The Ryan Kelly, is that his name? Mm-hmm. The center? He bulldozed the shit out of him mm-hmm. multiple times. He just, again, running game, they only had 38 yards rushing. Him and Sue did what they had to do. Yeah. Quentin Nelson may have limited some of it, but he couldn't stop Vita Vea from impacting the game. Right. So, our core in the middle really did do the job. Devin White with the sack, even though two plays later, <laughs> mm-hmm. Winston throws an interception. 
someone on Twitter said, yeah, like it doesn't matter. It, it kind of got gave us that feeling of, oh, we mm-hmm. can win. Yeah, force fumble. Right? Yeah. Turn the momentum. Mm-hmm. But And then they stopped it. They stopped Winston throws an interception. Should be an easy field goal, and it's a, almost a 50-yarder. Yeah. He mm-hmm. misses. Yep. If he makes that, we have to score a touchdown just to tie it. Right, exactly. So Different game. Awesome defensive display. I think it's, like you said, a bunch of all of it. Mm-hmm. Jameis making up for his mistakes, but then proving, holy crap, I can do something with this ball. The roller coaster again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this is one other question on Facebook. This is Austin Unger. He said, I often find myself wondering if anyone could do Jameis's job. With the talent of our receivers or possibly not make some of the <laughs> some of his more impressive throws but save us some turnovers. I feel like Jameis is replaceable. What do you guys feel is our most irreplaceable player? I, I think it's easy. I mean, it has to be Shaq Barrett right now. Um, oh, and that goes into this. Specifically of those whose contracts are up this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it has to be Shaq Barrett. I mean, you got to keep – you got to find a way to keep him – uh, I mean, 26 years old, premium pass rusher. You just don't find guys like that. And he, and he continues to get better each week. He's finding ways to get through double teams and uh, just keep, continues to figure it out. And he also has the right mindset. I mean, he hates losing. Um, one of the leaders in the locker room. And uh, you, you got to keep that guy. I agree. Uh, I mean, it's we talked about it pre-podcast. It's something we don't have. I mean, Nassib, Vitavea. No, Vitavea is pretty much irreplaceable as well to me. Mm-hmm. But Shaq Barrett is just speed on the edge. We don't have many speed defenders off the edge. Right. Well, yeah, we can blitz a safety, a corner. But he's our true edge rusher. Yeah. We don't have also, anything else. And he's about to break Warren Sapp's record, yeah, like you said. Yeah, not only that, but the guy's a game changer. I mean, he's, he's changed. game plan for him. He changed so many games this year. I mean, he's, he's got six forced fumbles. I mean, he makes plays. Uh, he's one of the sole reasons we have wins under our belt. Uh, he, he, he makes game-changing plays. And he's under 30. Right. It's hard to find. And you could say maybe you find that in the draft, but it's not guaranteed. I mean, those guys yeah. are so hard to find. And to get them the way we got them, uh, it's just like that is that is a bonus in itself. And, and to sign him for one year, $4 million, and now he's going to be probably $18 million per year player. <laughs> I mean, you you, you got to make it happen. you got to find a way to keep him. I fully agree. I mean, you, you have to have an edge rusher to go with your middle powerhouse of run stoppers and just pushing the pocket in the middle of the A-gaps because it makes the job easier for that edge rusher. But still, a guy that can beat a one-on-one that easy with that many array of pass rush moves, spin inside, spin outside, dip his shoulder under, Mm -hmm. just just pull rush. Like, he does everything. He has He's learned from DeMarcus Ware, from Vaughn Miller, just guys that know how to do it. And it shows. Mm-hmm. Like, we've never had a guy like that for a while. Right. Pretty much Simeon Rice. Mm-hmm. So, you got to keep him. Do not let him run like you did Michael Bennett a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then his other question was, who can be replaced and by who? Uh, who can be replaced as far as, yeah. like, the unrestricted like, guys? As in, um, as in, yeah, who's irreplaceable? We said Jack Beard. Mm-hmm. And now who's... Who can be replaced, as in these guys about to leave? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the guys on the list are probably going to be replaced. I mean, if we be honest, I think the main you know, the main key guys that you want to bring back are obviously the big names, JPP, 
Uh, I think Jameis, we talked about Jameis coming back. Uh, then you have um, Carl Nassip and, and maybe Indomitian Sue. But, uh, yeah, I think a majority of those guys are replaceable. Um, if I had to pick one of the names out of that group that I just mentioned, probably Indomitian Sue. I just don't feel like he's going to be <laughs> back. Uh, hit something there. Um, but I just don't, <laughs> I just don't feel like he, he's going to return. I think he'll – He's going to want to keep his salary as, as what it is right now. Um, but who knows? I mean, maybe it comes back for lesser price. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you have Bo Allen. You have uh, – I'm trying to think of other free agents that are out there. But, yeah, majority of them are probably likely not going to return. I mean, you might have a couple guys here that you bring back, like maybe Kevin Minter, just for depth reasons. Um uh, yeah, it's pretty, I'm trying to think of other names, but you hate Indomitian Sue, bro. <laughs> I no, no, I don't, I don't. I just, I, I got a little frustrated with him because a couple of games, <laughs> like when we were in during our our little losing streak there, it just didn't seem like the effort was consistent enough. But since we've been winning, I mean, he's really turned it on and really played very, very well. And then one of our better defenders, I mean, he almost caused an interception yesterday. Uh, Mike Edwards just dropped the ball, but. Uh, I mean, he's doing a lot of good things. I, I have no problem with him. If he wants to return, I'd be happy with it. He's a good leader, and guys are following suit. William Goldston is playing probably his best football yeah. because of him. So, uh, yeah, he's making the job from for everyone behind him better, right, right. easier. I right. mean, yep. Well, to me, sadly, I don't feel good saying this. Nasib is easy. The easiest to replace. Right, because you have gonna a be similar leading. guy in Anthony Nelson that yeah. we really haven't seen, unfortunately. But, again, he could probably do similar things. It's a long, linky guy that's just – he's getting some edge rush, but really the true edge rush is coming from Shaq. Mm-hmm. Nassib's just pushing guys in the backfield. Yes, he is winning Yeah, at times. He is really, really winning and forcing well, the issue. He's, but He's going to get again, six or seven sacks this year. And – in the Facebook group, it was like, oh, well, maybe he just because he hasn't produced tremendously, he's going to get – he can give a hometown discount. Guys, he's 6'7", 275, whatever he is. That's produced around six and a half sacks, seven sacks mm-hmm. the past two years. A guy that size, still 26 years old, he's going to get – and hasn't had a big contract yet. He's right. You can't fault him for – Looking to get his big contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. Plus, what if it's a, a winner, a big, a big, like a Patriots, a uh, hell, an Eagles, mm-hmm. like a, the Rams or teams like that that want to throw money around or whatever to yeah. say, uh, we're a winner, mm-hmm. come with us. Right. Wh- wh- why is it wrong for him to accept that? He's not going to, I, Guarantee he's not going to only just get $5 million. No, he's going to command probably closer to $10 million per year. I mean, look yeah. at Preston Smith. Mm-hmm. Look at – that was the guy from the Packers that just signed, right? Yep. yep. That's, a, to me, a good example of what he can do. He didn't really do well the past – he had six and a half, seven sacks. Mm-hmm. Explodes for 10. Right. And it's, the season's not over yet. And he got a big-ass contract. I can see Nassib getting something like that, and he deserves it. Mm-hmm. But we just can't offer it. Okay, I mean, obviously, if we're going to be franchising James Famous, <laughs> famous Jameis. and I mean, I don't like saying it. I wish he would stay. He's a defensive captain. Obviously, Devin White's probably going to take over that. Mm-hmm. But 
That or I guess I'll say JPP. Even though JPP is a great defensive leader, you hope he takes a, a discount. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's stay gonna, in his home it's state. Going to come down to those three guys. I mean, and you probably can only keep probably one of them out of the the three and JPP, Nassup, and uh, and Dominican Sue. Um, so, I mean, maybe you can get three out of the four, but it, it's going to take some contract work and it's going to take some creativity. Um, I wouldn't doubt Mike Greenberg because he is that good at, at doing contracts. So, you know, never say never. But again, like Mark said, these guys are going to command some money on the open market and it's going to be hard to pay everyone. I mean, it's, you're just going to lose guys. Yeah. Uh, and then this is Eddie Nero. This is on Twitter is a new new face. Thank you for showing up. He says, can you go through our secondary? I felt like Davis and Dean played inconsistent while Evan or while Edwards played awful. Even got Pascal mocking him on a two point conversion. Uh yeah. I wanna say they were terrible. Again, it was just a couple, you know, mishaps on miscommunication, some guys getting um in the wrong spots in zone coverage. Uh, I thought, you know, one guy that played outstanding was Sean Murphy bunting. He was great. Um, And then, you know, Davis, I thought had his moments where he was coming alive and making plays. Jamel Dean made some plays as well, but you know, yeah, they're going to have some inconsistent times um, because they are young and it it happens. I mean, just got in in the wrong position or didn't communicate it properly with the safeties um, and, and out of position. I don't think, Mike Edwards had a terrible game either. Um, again, it just he's an aggressive player. Things happen, gets out of place. They find a weak spot and they hit it. So um, it's it's nothing to be overly concerned. Again, this secondary I think is on the rise and it's going to continue to get better. Yeah, so I'll, I'll jump on that. Carlton Davis had three passes deflected. The first touchdown was the man he was covering, but I honestly think that was on Andrew Adams, mm-hmm. you're the deep man. I pay that damn deal. It was over 50 yards. Right. You got to help. And where was he? He was running towards the sideline while the guy is going straight towards the, the field goal post. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that. And it looked like Colton Davis was sending him off towards him. I mean, there's got to be communication and understanding where you need to be. I th- To me, I honestly think that's on the safety. Anything that far down the field has got to be on the safety. Mm-hmm. Um, secondary, secondly... Jamel Dean, again, rookie. He only had one tackle and one pass deflected. Pascal made one beautiful play in, on the the only first down they got on that last drive they had mm. where it looked like a terrible thrown ball. I thought Dean was going to knock it down, but somehow the dude caught it. But Dean has proven he's aggressive. He's in your face. He's going to get beat sometimes when you're that aggressive. But – I guess tackling the guy with not letting him ta- catch the ball was his way of <laughs> yeah. not getting beat deep. Right. But he's going to get better. Again, he's what, six games in because of his injury? Seven mm-hmm. games? Actually playing four? Right. Right? So this dude is – you haven't seen anything yet. Mm. He's just big and burly and he's disrupting plays. So he's only going to grow. Sean Murphy bunting – only one tackle recorded, but the dude was playing sound. Mm. He'd get in the way of running alleys. He would be a team player. He'd push his defender, or his defender, he'd push his receiver into the path of the ball, right. delaying the route, or just delaying the run, and the rest of his team would come in. He did very, very well. 
Nothing to whine or cry about, Sean Murphy Bunting. Edwards, again, youth, guys. Mm-hmm. I, I think those four eventually will be really, really good. I mean, next year, I mean, Arians is saying it. We've been trying to slowly tell you we do not need secondary. I don't know why people are saying we need first-round pick secondary. If we do that, again, I, I can't say anything what we should and shouldn't do. I'd be a, in shock if we did, though. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they're playing pretty damn good. Uh, and with that, there's no more questions. Do you want to go into anything else of the offense, defense, special teams? Uh, let's see. Or is there any other questions? Um, I want to just talk about this one. I think we missed this one here by Raymond. The reality of, or did we touch on this, the reality of trying to win out versus the myth of tanking for draft position? Oh, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> perfect. He's, he talks about, he's like, perfect example is the Bucks training down in 2018 um, from 7 to 12 and taking Vea. So. So, I mean, to me, I think we touched on this earlier. Mm-hmm. You. For right now, the culture you got it. You got to win. Right. You just got to keep winning. I think we aren't that far away. Based off of people think our secondary sucks. I think it just needs more experience. Based on it only being a year mm-hmm. or two years into it. Right. I mean, Davis didn't even play all of his for rookie year. That's true. So it's just they're going to get groomed. They're going to understand the defense better. I mean, everyone on this defense has. You, you can't expect greatness so fast. Mm-hmm. Let it develop. And that's what great teams do. They develop it over and over and over. And that's why other teams try and steal from it because right. they want a piece of the pie. Let, yeah. let these guys grow. And then, yeah, trading back, yeah, we, 6 to 12. But still, mm-hmm. just like you said, rely on your front office. Let them do the analysis. Hey, we, we were scared to take Devin White. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hell no, this is our guy from the get-go because we knew what he could do to this defense. And look, he truly has done that. Right. So, to the Jason Light haters, yes, Roberto Aguayo, everyone will hate on him for years. Mm-hmm. He had some balls to take. He had Jameis Winston balls mm-hmm. when he took Devin White to me at fifth overall. A guy that was hell of an athlete, but to me – he was, again, yeah, he, he was playing like a running back. He was hitting running back holes instead of reading it like a defender or a, a linebacker. Mm-hmm. And now he's totally filled with, I guess it's LSU linebackers. <laughs> I thought the same thing we're back with. Mm-hmm. And now Devin White looks like the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's good. Well, I mean, just going into his question, I think, you know, I don't really believe in tanking. I think if if you're in a position where you're in the top five, then you're just you're you're not a good football team, and you de- you deserve to be there. Um, and it, it's to help your football team get better, and that's the reward of being in the top ten, top five. You should get a, a blue chip, you know, elite type talent. Um, and then, you know, as far as I think this team, we talked about, it, they need to win. They need to continue to win games. It just helps helps the team grow. It helps it helps everything involved be better. Um, and it's it's good for their confidence. It makes them better players. So it's good to experience that winning. And then as far as trading down, yeah, obviously, I mean, if you have opportunity to trade down, you, you, you take it. Um, you can find players anywhere in the draft. I mean, that's that's been proven fact. 
I mean, you look at Tom Brady's story, six-round yeah. pick. I mean, you can find guys. You can find guys that are not even drafted and become stars. So Cam Brate, Adam Humphreys. Yeah, it's really not about where you're selecting. It's about finding the right player at, at that position. And I think the Bucks have proven, for the most part, they can do that. Um, it's just a little bit being a more consistent and more consi- consistent in building the team instead of around one thing. Um, but with that being said, uh, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Um, again, guys, thank you for the questions. Again, be sure to check us out on Twitter, Facebook. Um, we're always on there answering, talking football. So be sure to hit us up. And we'll be back uh, later this week with another episode talking Detroit Lions. And as always, go Bucks. Go Bucks.